Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Red alert, people. Red alert. My goodness, we got a red alert happening. Goodness gracious, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, and yep, that would be a red alert from Star Trek, no less. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Um, I just got some data. Okay. Look, I, I'll get to your phone calls. Just, I just, I just got some data, and I'm trying to. I don't want to fall into irrational exuberance, but the Republicans are now well ahead of Democrats in Florida for early voting, which should not be happening. The black vote, early vote turnout in Georgia is down to 26%, which should not be happening. The Hispanic vote in Nevada is shifting rapidly to the Republicans. In uh, internal poll of Hispanic-only voters, self-identified Hispanic voters in Nevada who voted in 2020, uh, they are overwhelmingly in favor of Adam Laxalt. And Decision Desk HQ for the first time now since July says Adam Laxalt is going to win Nevada. And I was just tipped off during commercial break from a Republican friend of mine that the anecdotal data that we have been seeing on the ground in Georgia is starting to come back in internal polling that Herschel Walker could really win this thing without a runoff. I assumed the Republicans would do well. Now, let me explain to you why I assumed the Republicans would do well. It is a midterm election where the Democrats control all of Washington. They control the House. They control the Senate. They control the bureaucracy. They control the White House. The economy is in the tank and getting worse. There's only one party you can blame, the Democrats. There's only one party you can blame, the Democrats. You, you can't blame the Republicans. The Republicans don't control anything. And the Democrats, they want to blame Republicans for obstruction, but they've just bragged about getting their uh, Inflation Reduction Act passed. They've just bragged about getting their infrastructure bill passed. They bragged about getting the CHIPS Act passed. They bragged about all these things they did, even though they claim Republicans are obstructionists. You can't say the Republicans are obstructionists while also getting all this stuff passed. Voter anger is through the roof. This thing is beginning to flip very, very fast. Kathy Huckel, the Democratic governor in New York today, is calling herself the underdog in the race. Um, that's a warning sign. And then there's the audio. The audio from Chuck Schumer with Joe Biden yesterday on the ground in New York. Now, listen, I'm going to play this audio for you. It's going to be hard to hear it, but I want to play it for you anyway. And my apologies in advance for playing audio that's not 
radio quality audio, but you do need to hear this anyway. You'll be able to pick out bits and pieces of words. Our early vote turnout in Georgia is huge. It's huge, but it's hard to believe they're going to go for Herschel Walker. The state where we're going downhill is Georgia. That's what he says. The problem for Chuck Schumer is someone misinterpreted the Georgia early vote turnout for him. The early vote turnout in Georgia is 26% black. It should be over 30% based on 2018 and 2020. It's not. It's actually gone down. It was over 30% the first day of early voting. It's gone down ever since. The average is now 26%. But wait, there's more. Early voting in Georgia, they've exceeded a million 300,000 voters voting early in Georgia. That's huge. Record-breaking for a midterm election. Democrats should be ahead of the Republicans in Georgia right now in early voting, and they are not. The top-performing counties based on registered voters are the Republican parts of North Georgia that did not turn out in the 2021 runoff. The worst-performing parts of Georgia are Democratic strongholds outside of Atlanta. Clark County is the University of Georgia. My affiliate WGAU is there. Clark County is white, progressive. If abortion is the issue that's going to fire up the voters, it would be happening there. They are not turning out. Richmond County, Georgia, is Augusta, Georgia. It's Democrat. It's black. They're not turning out. But next door, Columbia County, wealthy Republican, they are turning out two times the rate of Richmond County. Bibb County, Georgia, the geographic center of the state of Georgia, black and Democrat, they're not turning out. Houston County, Georgia, white, Republican, military, they're turning out three times higher than Bibb County. Oconee County, Georgia, they're one of the top performing counties in Georgia in terms of the percentage of vote. They're next door to Athens, Georgia's Clark County, which is the third worst performing county in the state in terms of registered voters. And Greene County, Georgia, where I've also got an affiliate, that's Lake Oconee, Georgia, gorgeous Lake Country, Georgia, well-off, retired Republicans. They're the top-performing county in the state of Georgia in terms of registered voters. They are overwhelmingly Republican, and you drive through Lake Country, Georgia, you see Herschel Walker signs everywhere. I drove past the governor's mansion in Georgia today. The house right across the street has a Kemp and a Walker sign in the front yard. Next door is the Cox family home. That home, they're progressives, they're well-to-do, rich people in Atlanta. They've had a Black Lives Matters and a wear, Black Lives Matters and a wear your mask sign in the front yard for over a year, pointed at the governor's mansion. They now have Raphael Warnock signs in the front yard. You know whose signs they don't have? Stacey Abrams signs. It's a very interesting dynamic shaping up. There is a red alert happening right now in politics for the Democrats 
the data that's coming in from early voting is starting to make them sick. And early voting tends to be overwhelmingly Democrats so much so you can't actually read the early voting trends because early voting benefits Democrats so much, and yet it's not. Chuck Schumer on a hot mic says the state where we're going downhill is Georgia. It's hard to believe they will go for Herschel Walker. For the first time, Herschel Walker now leads the polling average. Now, he's leading it because of Rasmussen, and I don't find Rasmussen to be a reliable pollster, but he's leading it. And the outside group's polling shows Herschel Walker in the lead. We will know. So those of you who are coming to the Bourbon event at Kennesaw Gun at Governor's Gun Club in Kennesaw tonight, you will be the first to know because I will have the early voting analysis of two weeks of early voting, and we will have a good sense of the actual state of play in the Senate race in Georgia. By 7 o'clock tonight, when I take the stage, we'll know whether Herschel Walker wins without a runoff, or at least we should know, barring some unforeseen changes, we'll know. And right now it's not looking good for the Democrats. Now, I want to take some phone calls here. I want to start with Mary. You're going to be up first. Welcome to the show, Mary. For taking my call. My, Mary? Yeah. Hi, welcome. Hi. Thank you for taking my call, Eric. Um, I, I was thinking while driving and listening to your show, there's so much problem with our uh, mail with the U.S. Post Office. I have mm-hmm. many friends, family members that everybody's talking about the same thing. Oh, I didn't get this letter. I didn't get that statement in the mail or something got lost. My daughter got married two months ago. The officiant mailed in the marriage certificate so that she could get her license. Two and a half months later, she calls and they said, we've never received anything. Wow. So legally, she's not married. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, well, before the witnesses and before God, she is, but legally, she's not. So she can't change her name, her last name legally. And she and her husband are planning on opening up a business, and they, oh. can't, they can't put a LLC together because of it. So anyway, um, with all the mail ballots, that are going to come in. I wonder what's going to happen with that. Yeah, so that you know, would be another voter suppression. I, I will tell you. Uh, so down in Albany, Georgia, yesterday, and this was this was totally accidental. Uh, there really was nothing malicious. I don't want to imply that there was, but a a mail truck caught on fire uh, that was headed back to the post office from picking up mail around the county, and I'm sure there were absentee ballots that burn up in the fire. Uh, the, the folks down in, in Darty County, Georgia, are actually uh, proactively, the Board of Elections wow. is reaching out to everyone down there saying, if you mail your ballots, a mail truck caught on fire. This was the route. Um, please, please check. Here's the website. They're making it easy for people to check. But, yeah, I mean, the, the okay. mail, you, you know, here's the thing, Mary. In 2020, Republicans and or Democrats were screaming, saying, hey, we've got a postmaster general who's a Trump appointee. He's going to sabotage the absentee ballots. Uh, the Democrats are mm-hmm. doing a very good job of screwing up the mail service right now. They've reduced routes. They're overloaded the mail workers. Your ballot must be in by the end of day, election day in Georgia to be counted. They will not count ballots that come in the next day. But, but, here's the thing. This is important. 
less than a tenth of the vote thus far coming in as absentee ballot. Most people are just showing up early to vote. Some states do full early voting ballot uh, vote by mail, but in states where you have early voting and absentee ballots, uh, actually the absentee balloting is not a significant portion of the of the early vote this time. It actually is almost overwhelmingly people showing up. In fact, in Cobb County, Georgia, a significant Democratic area today, uh, the Republican areas are seeing lines. The Democratic areas are not seeing lines. Uh, in Henry County, Georgia, uh, where you have Republican strongholds in the southern part of that county still, they're seeing lines to wait. Uh, you're not seeing it elsewhere in that county. These are all anecdotal signs, but the anecdote is starting to show up in the data. I, I want to spend a little bit of time on that when we come back because I mentioned this the other day. Anecdotes are not data. But when the anecdotes start showing up over and over and over and over and over and over, the pollsters get curious and they pull and they find, oh my gosh, turns out those anecdotes turn out to be data. I'll tell you what the anecdotes are becoming data in Georgia and the nation because I've got details nationwide, boots on the ground I've been talking to all over the place, including Pennsylvania, in Nevada, in Arizona, even in Colorado. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do-tank. Americans for Prosperity is a -a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They've built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you, check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. I would like to spend some time with you on the phones, 877-973-7425. Becky, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much. Sure. Hello? Yes. Um, Yeah, you were talking about uh, diesel fuel shortage, another, another category, school buses. You know, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about the school buses. Yeah, we'll have schools shut down again. Well, but, you know, I mean, that'll be a good thing. I don't know if you heard this this ridiculous audio. Hey, listen to it with me, Becky. This is, this is from Kamala Harris yesterday. Today, 95% oh, yeah. of our school buses are fueled with diesel fuel, which contributes to very serious conditions that are about health, and about the ability to learn. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, you know, if they can't fill the school buses up with diesel, maybe the kids will get a better education. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah. I mean, I worked at a public school, and it was a small rural school. They had 20 buses. So I can't imagine how many millions of buses we have across the country that are still running diesel. Yeah, I mean, you heard the vice president say 95% of them still run diesel. Yeah, well, they they can't replace them with batteries tomorrow. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they 
how they move in this issue. It's going to be a real crisis. Thank you very much for the phone call. Bob, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. A little bit more now that we just had a gal talking about the oil fields. I worked up in the gas fields of Colorado for a period of time, the oil fields of North Dakota for a good while. And I was actually in Pennsylvania for a short period of time before I moved down to Atlanta area. Some of the things, uh, and now that we're continuing the school buses use diesel and what uses diesel, every frack site and every drilling rig that's, and, and everybody that drives back and forth uses diesel in the oil field. So if you're talking about thousands of rigs, you know, using oil, uh, that's going to, if that runs short or if the train thing explodes on us in about 30 days, all the oil from all those areas to get to the refineries comes by rail. So if you stop all of North Dakota coming down to the uh, New Orleans area to get to the uh, refineries, you're going to have a major problem on our hands with that. Um, One other thing was that the oil that came out of North Dakota was called sweet crude. Sweet crude, from what I understood, remember somebody telling me, and this would have been like a company man on a site, he said, you could almost, it's such good diesel fuel that it's such good oil that you could almost put it in your diesel tank. It was just minimal refining required. So if we were pumping at the rate out of North Dakota, that would have been possible in the last six months of dragging their feet or last 18 months of dragging their feet. We probably wouldn't have a diesel shortage because minimal refining means it's going to the market a lot right. quicker. Oh, that, that, so that's a really things good. Like this is just unbelievable yeah. that I'm watching these Democrats do this to our to our country. And and Bob, you know, on that point, you know, the, so there are two types of crude. And thank you for the phone call. There's sweet crude and there's sour crude. Like Bob was saying, sweet crude has minimal necessary refining. It's very easy to process. Sour crude has a much higher sulfur content in it. And there's more refining that goes into sour crude. We actually keep sour crude in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve because we want sweet crude on the market as quick as possible. But when you refine sour crude because it has such a higher sulfur content, you can't refine sweet crude at the same time. You have to roll over the refinery to process it. You can't refine the sweet crude, so it slows everything down. That's one of the things that's been going on with the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Venezuela tends to sell sour crude, not sweet crude, so we buy a lot of our petroleum reserves from them. We get sweet crude out of Texas and the Dakotas. And again, because of the lower sulfur content, it, it it's minimal refining to be able to get to diesel and to gasoline, among other things. It really does matter. I think so. HR one for everyone becomes a messaging piece of legislation. When you come back to Congress with a new Congress, you write HR one, your House Resolution one. For the Democrats, it was for the People Act, and it was the the voting rights reform that the Democrats wanted. For Republicans in January, HR one needs to be energy. It needs to be domestic energy production. It needs to expand drilling. It needs to expand uh, the access to federal lands. It needs to have subsidies for refining to build new refineries. It needs to um, curtail California's ability to disrupt the markets with state regulations. It's going to need to be a comprehensive energy plan from Republicans January 3rd when they take over the House of Representatives, and they are. And if you're just tuning in, breaking news from Decision Desk HQ for the first time this year, they now say the odds favor a Republican takeover of the United States Senate as well. When you're ready to hop into a soft, cozy bed, your sheets make a big difference. Bowl and Branch sheets use only the best 100% organic cotton threads on earth 
for superior softness that only gets more luxurious with every wash. I know because I sleep in bowl and branch sheets. And let me tell you, you know, they start off like your standard bed sheet and you're thinking, what's the big deal? Well, wash them. You see the difference. Wash them again. You feel the difference more and more. They get softer over time and they've got the perfect weight. They've got that weight in the summertime where you feel like substantively there's something on you, but yet you're not sweating to death. And in the wintertime, it's just the perfect snug fit for the bowl and branch sheets. They focus on thread quality, not quantity, although the quality and the quantity both are fantastic. Now, they got over 25,000 rave customer reviews made from the highest quality threads you can get. Bowl and Branch Signature Sheets come in nine colors. They fit all mattress sizes. You will feel the difference. And again, you got a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. What do you have to lose? Try them. Keep washing them. They get softer and softer. Go to Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. Use promo code ERIC. You'll get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping with the promo code ERIC, my name, at bowlandbranch.com. Again, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com, the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Before I jump back into the phones, I got a comment on something here. Elon Musk now owns Twitter. He has fired the chief executive, the chief operating officer, and the chief of legal who banned Donald Trump. The worst possible thing to happen for Republicans in this midterm is for Donald Trump to get back on Twitter before. Musk just tweeted out uh, that he's forming an advisory council for content that will have views from all sides and no one will be admitted back to Twitter until such time as that advisory council can meet and make their determinations. Uh, So Republicans are safe for the next week. I do think it's very interesting, the progressive meltdown about Musk buying Twitter. You have people who work for Jeff Bezos's Washington Post and Lauren Powell Jobs's Atlantic wringing their hands about the um, uh, billionaires buying social media sites, allowing people to speak freely. So apparently billionaires are bad unless they pay your paycheck at the Washington Post and the Atlantic. The other notable thing about the left's reaction to Elon Musk buying Twitter is this. Conservatives have been using it, and we've griped about content and moderation policies, but we've used it. Now you have a bunch of progressives who say, well, I'm not going to use Twitter anymore. I'm going to delete my account. Uh, Notice the intolerance there. They're fine with Twitter so long as the content moderation policies are biased in their direction. But to even have unbiased content moderation is a bridge too far for them. That kind of tells you everything bad about the intolerance of the left these days. They really do think that they are on the side of righteousness, and they really do believe that their side is the only right side, and they really do believe if you don't agree with them, you must be censored. The fact that at Twitter you cannot point out that boys are boys, and if you say that Ellen Page is Ellen Page instead of now Elliot Page, you get canceled, is a bad thing. Uh, Rachel Levine, the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, is still a man, even though he has changed his name to Rachel Levine and presents himself as a woman. That's just a statement of biological fact, and that statement of biological fact will get you canceled at Twitter, and the left is okay with that because they've allowed their truth to become their science instead of science becoming their truth. 
Hopefully, Elon Musk will sort it out. My suspicion is not a whole lot will change. Back to the phones, 877-973-7425. Barton, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show, Barton. Hey, thank you. I uh, listen to you a lot, and I appreciate your comments and, and what you say and how you say it in your format. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to comment. I was, I, I've been forced to live out of the state of Georgia uh, with an issue um, on, a, on a house that I'm trying to build uh, down in Florida. Uh, but I was just, I'm making plans to go back to Georgia just to vote. I mean, and, and I think it uh, is important that, you know, what does one vote mean? Uh, not a lot, probably, but you know, I, I think it's important to kind of make a statement, um, even if it means going back and, and voting with with the majority um, or or the minority. I don't know which it is, but um, it, I think it's it, it's important for that statement that it's kind of not validating what they're doing or making sure that Washington knows that everybody's unhappy with what they've done over the last couple of years and trying to, to figure out a way to make my voice be heard, you know? Yeah. Look, um, I, I have a sneaking suspicion here and, and, you know, Barton, just, just listen to me here and thank you for your phone call. Y'all, y'all listen here. I occasionally, you have people say, well, you know, you're, you're fairly moderate and you know, I can't think of any position I've changed my mind on to the left in the last 20 years, other than really some of my views on immigration, and even then I want a very high wall and I want to round up illegal aliens and remove them from the country. I'm just a little more empathetic to the needs and, and the plight of people who are trying to get here. But the reason people, when you probe them on, on that from the right, is that I, over time, have tried harder and harder to not disparage the views of people who disagree with me. Now, some people are cranks and they deserve to be picked on. Some people are idiots and they deserve to be called out. Some people are stupid. Most people are stupid and they deserve to be called out for their stupidity. But I understand people disagree with me and I want to give uh, fairness and justice to their views and explain their views even if I disagree with them without uh, parodying their views. And so... I have become more and more mindful over time. There are a lot of Americans who don't believe that either party represents them or speaks for them. And though I may disagree with them, I understand their frustration that they perceive themselves to be in the majority and Washington ignores them for the fringes of the right and the fringes of the left. I get that. What I find happening more and more, and the reason we have these wholesale reversals back and forth between party control in Washington these days is that there are a whole lot of people in this country who are on the center right side more than the center left side, but the Republicans fixate on the loudest voices further right to them, and the Democrats fixate on the voices way the heck to the left of them, and they don't feel like they have a political home. Now, there are people on the center left as well. Statistically, based on the data, there aren't as many as there are on the center right. But they don't feel like they have a home. And so what they spend their elections doing is reacting to the people in Washington. And so they react against Republicans by voting Democrat. They react against the Democrats by voting Republican. And I get that. What I, as as just an observer of politics, 
find to be happening more and more in this country is just an observer of politics. What I find happening right now, more than anything else, is that the Democrats have gotten somewhat bad on politics. And they've decided not to talk about the issues the voters want to talk about. They've decided to talk about the issues they want to talk about. And if voters disagree with the issues Democrats care about, the voters are the bad guys. And that's a real problem. The Democrats have pushed themselves to the fringes now. And in pushing themselves to the fringes of what they care about, whether it's abortion or January 6th, comparing it to 9-11, the voters are tuning them out. The voters hear the Republicans talking about their issues right now. And the party that wins in politics is the party that votes for the voters or that speaks to the voters' issues and makes the voters concerned and makes the voters understand that they care about their issues. And the Democrats have lost that ability. The Democrats have become in such a bubble with the media, they think that their issues are the ones that matter. And if you're not talking about January 6th and abortion and how Trump is bad, you're an election denier. Meanwhile, moms and dads can't find baby formula on the grocery store shelves. People can't fill up their cars with gas. People can't afford their grocery bill. People are worried about their retirement. And the Democrats are screaming at them that, don't you understand democracy is at stake? Well, yeah, democracy is at stake because you screwed up the economy. Here's Jen Psaki, the former White House press secretary on MSNBC. People are fearful about uh, where the momentum is going in some of these races. Yes, there are very encouraging signs like the record early vote numbers, but uh, numbers in some of the House races are not where they should be. Uh, People are trying to get a lot of people I talk to are worried about uh, voters being uh, encouraged and excited about people at the top of the ticket and maybe not excited enough to vote for the congressional candidates. And that's a real concern. So I think it's a reflection of the fact that Democrats are kind of worried about where this is going right now, and it's felt worse over the last week or so. Uh, and, you know, we, we only have 11 days to go here. So there's uh, that's, that's why I think you see Barack Obama, Joe Biden, all these people out on the trail because they're trying to light a fire uh, with Democrats right now. They are. They're trying to light a fire with Democrats. Why? Because though there's early voting, the early voting should seriously favor the Democrats, and it's not. If Republicans really are turning out in mass on Election Day, which has been the pattern over the last several elections, but the Republicans are turning out now as well, that means the Republican turnout on Election Day is going to be huge. Democrats tend not to wait. These sorts of things really do matter at a profound level that I don't know that that you guys really appreciate um, if you haven't run campaigns. Because when you see all the polling and the polling says, oh, the Republicans are going to do well, but then you get the early voting data and the early voting data laid on top of the polling shows the polling is actually still undercounting how bad it is for the Democrats, how good it is for the Republicans. I mean, the Democrats start to wet their britches. And that's what's happening right now around the country. The Democrats are beginning to lose their continents, not their consonants. Well, they're losing that too. They're starting to be in a spittle-fueled rage that the voters are destroying democracy. All I can ask you guys is to not become the crazy hysterics. 
Yesterday I mentioned, you know, if if the GOP wins in 2022, the election deniers are going to need to have an answer for how was it that the Democrats who say Republicans are a threat to democracy weren't able to steal the election again. Many people cite that uh, Many Thousands of Mules documentary by Dinesh D'Souza that's a fictitious put-together thing that's really not true but was made to look credible. In Georgia, one of the people featured is suing Dinesh D'Souza. I suspect we're about to see more of these people come forward and sue. The man was dropping off the uh, absentee ballots of him, his wife, and his kids, his adult kids. And he was featured in the film as a mule who was dumping a bunch of ballots for a bunch of people. And he's decided to file a lawsuit against Dinesh D'Souza uh, for putting him in that film and claiming he was some sort of mule. In Arizona, people have showed up to observe voters dropping ballots off at drop boxes, and they've been wearing uh, military gear, camo, and other things, making themselves look like they're soldiers and whatnot. And the media is hyping this up. The media is, is playing this up big. What I would note, however, is that I'm old enough to remember when the Black Panthers showed up at voting locations in Pennsylvania in 2008, and the media said anyone who was worried about that was a racist. So the media is playing up the people who are lawfully, legitimately observing people showing up at drop boxes while they dismiss Republican concerns. I think it is perfectly lawful and reasonable, as long as you're not bothering them, to observe the people dropping off ballots at, at the drop boxes. Make sure for yourself nothing hanky-panky is going on. But also, don't believe the 2,000 mules BS. It was always a lie. It was always a well-scripted, well-packaged, fictitious showing of grievance. And now they're getting sued by one of the people they claimed in the film was a mule who was not. So you got to be mindful of that. Now, i got to tell you about Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is helping fund the conservative movement right now. Patriot Mobile is pouring money into the pro-life movement, the Second Amendment movement, and conservative candidates running for school board around the country battling the wokes. The way they do it is they get your business as a cell phone customer, and they move that business, so they take a portion of that money, and they fund the very conservative causes you care about. They're actually putting points on the board for conservatives, and they do it with their profits that you generate by taking your business to them. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You tell them I sent you, you get free activation. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can see their detailed coverage map down to your house, how good the 5G will be, how good the voice will be, how good the data will be. Go to Patriot Mobile. You can take your existing phone number and send it over to Patriot Mobile and still use your same phone number. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. That You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers everybody else does. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service, and they're Christian conservatives. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. So I am looking at the early voting numbers in Georgia where I live, and I need you to know I think we're going to have a pretty good sense of things 
when the final numbers for today come in at about 6 o'clock tonight, where things are shaping up. Um, I find it notable someone told me that the former governor of Georgia, Roy Barnes, Democrat, last Democratic governor of Georgia, doesn't have any signs in his yard for any of the Democratic candidates and is backing the Republican for ag commissioner. I think that's kind of notable. Um, nationwide, I'm keeping my eye on Nevada, particularly the Hispanic vote. I'm keeping my eye on the Hispanic vote in Nevada because uh, Echelon Insights, my buddy Patrick Ruffini, he's done some polling out there specifically of Hispanic voters. They are overwhelmingly flocking to Adam Laxalt. On top of that, Decision Desk HQ, as I mentioned earlier, has now moved Nevada into the GOP column as a seat they're most likely to pick up. Georgia now has more polling. I'm not a big fan of Rasmussen in large part because Rasmussen went full on uh, election denialism in 2020, and I just don't think a pollster needs to do that. But that being said, uh, the other polls that are coming out are also very good for Herschel Walker. I think if Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock stayed tied in Georgia, which is kind of where they are, that that helps Walker because of the uh, Brian Kemp ground game in Georgia. The, the question in Georgia is how big of a margin does Kemp get? Last time he underperformed the public polling, and this time people expect him to overperform the public polling. But it's not just him around the nation. Uh, the polling is starting to be very brutal for Democrats. If you haven't read what I wrote this morning, please, seriously, I, I, this is, it's totally free. I made it available to every single person. Text the word ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. That very first link you get back, I want you to click it and look at the second article I put up on my Substack. The headline is forget the polls, here are the signs of the red wave. Uh, in fact, let me do this while I'm live with you here. Um, I want to do this because it's so important for you to be able to hear this or see this for yourself. And I've got a monologue that goes with this, the one I did yesterday. I want every single person to read this because you got to understand, forget the polls. Let's say the polls are completely wrong. Um, let's say that every poll in America is off. Let's say the polls don't even exist. What can you do? What can you believe? Well, you can believe the patterns. You can believe the flow of where the candidates are going. You can believe, for example, where Joe Biden is going, things like that. You can do those and you can get a sense without the polls of how things are shaping up. So if you text the word data, I just did this while I'm talking. I just did this. I can multitask. Text the word data to 33777. I will send you the link directly back to this piece I wrote today. Forget the polls. Here are the signs of the red wave. Follow the money. Follow the president. Follow Chuck Schumer. Follow the early voting. Follow the press. Follow the message. Follow the Federal Reserve. And there's one thing that's missing if you do look at the polling. There is one thing that's missing if you take the polling into account. There is no counter blue wave that any poll is detecting anywhere. If anything, it keeps getting worse for the Democrats. This thing is starting to flip over. We're, what, 10, 11 days from the general election, and every bit of data that comes in keeps getting worse for the Democrats. 
This is not going to be a 2010 landslide for the GOP, but it's going to be bigger than 2014. And in 2014, they took back the Senate. I think they're going to do it this time. Text DATA to 33777. Just read what I wrote. Listen to me. Subscribe to the Rumble video that's at the bottom of that piece. Subscribe to it. And just inwardly mark it, digest it, talk about it this weekend with your friends. Forget the polls. The wave is coming, and there's other data to show it.